Give the Lord some praise. <laughs> My beautiful wife, Heidi. Every, we've been married 38 years. Is that right? And uh, when I was a junior in high school, and she was one of the incoming freshmen, and I was on the basketball team and that whole nine yards, you know. And there's something about that because at 17 years old, you start noticing girls from about 13 or 14, but you really start noticing them about 17. And this beautiful blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman, young lady come in the school, and two or three of the guys on the team started talking about her. I said, I'm going to tell you guys something right now. I'm going to marry that girl. That's exact words. So stay off. Stay away. Back up, Jack. You got one shot. But anyway, I asked her on September 26th, I asked her if she would go with me. That's back when people would go steady, not hook up. Would you just go with me? She's, I started asking to carry her books, and she would say, what's wrong with him? But uh, I asked her if she would go steady with me, and she said yes. Yeah. She took my class ring and my leather, my leather jacket. I didn't get that thing back to about the second kid was born. <laughs> By then, I'd put on 30 more pounds. It didn't fit. But anyway, long story short, uh, every year on the 26th of September, and I've not forgot one time, I always ask her, you still want to go with me? And she always says yes. So that's enough of that. Now, come on, we got to get serious. Are you serious? Are you serious? I want to thank everybody that's come from around the, the area. Uh, folks have come in from different places, I guess. I know Melissa drove in all the way from Knoxville, Tennessee. Praise God. And some other folks. Where Anybody else came in? Where are you all from? Madisonville, Tennessee. Praise God. Well, them folks back there. Yeah. Jack, hey, praise God. And there may be some others. Praise God for all of you. We're glad you came. Amen. Larry. Th where? Pinson. Is that where I'm at? This ain't Birmingham? This. Okay. <laughs> well, let me just tell you something. I got invited last night to one of the funnest things I've ever done. I'm a Notre Dame fan. Don't hold it against me. Don't do it. Remember 1973, though? Don't talk about it. Okay. But I got invited to an Alabama party last night to watch the Crimson Tide. And it was a battle for a while, and praise the Lord. We had a good time, good chili. Uh, we had fun and fellowship, and pastor was calling the game, and everybody was mad at Gary Danielson for quite a while. But uh, uh, one thing about it, and I, and I even got a, a, a Alabama Crimson Tide shirt and hat. And I asked the pastor over here, I said, hey, would you, put, would you root for Notre Dame when they play Clemson? He struggled, but said, I will root for Notre Dame. But I may have to get cleansed when it's over. <laughs> I mean, you folks are serious down here. And is there any Auburn fans in the house? Um, they see. Well, folks, I can tell you something on November the 7th. 1907, there was a game between the Auburn Tigers and the Alabama, University of Alabama. Auburn was by far the favorite team, by far. 
But Alabama had a heart. And it was the Iron Bowl. And they played it. And as the game was going on, it was a slug fest and it rained the whole game. Alabama came out with them bright white uniforms on. But the, that day it rained so much in the mud that the clay started to stain those white uniforms. And as the score was 6-6 six to six and Auburn were coming down the field late in the game, Hugh Roberts, the great announcer, said, All right, now I can see as they line up, their uniforms are red and stained. I see a red crimson tide about to roll. That's why they are called the Crimson Tide. Amen. Give the Lord some praise. Amen. Well, I'm glad that the red crimson flow that came off Calvary. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I was stained by the blood of Jesus. I've been washed in the blood and filled with the fire of God. Look at your neighbor and say, I want a piece of what God's got for me. Can you say amen? I don't want just a piece of the rock. I want the whole rock. I want to get on the solid rock. Amen. Can you say amen? But folks, in the time we're living in, there's going to be a lot of things going to be going on. And I want to just play for 30 seconds. I've got an app. The Lord, we were in Israel, and the Lord spoke to Heidi and said, you need to make an app for people's phones that looks like a clock with the flames. And every time they push on one of the hours, it needs to tell them articles around the world that is confirming of the Bible that they're living in the last days. And it's the, it just so happens that about everything we put on there, mainstream, lamestream media doesn't want to cover it. I'm going to tell you why. They got a different agenda than the church has got. They got a whole different agenda than what the church has got. But I got news for the, for the devil's mouthpiece. I'm starting to think the false prophet might be over at uh, one of the major networks. Can you say amen? But I got news for the devil. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And you're a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus that strengthens you. So the Lord told Heidi to build this app. Sort of like Noah, you go build an ark. But she made the app, and we got it made. And let me just tell you something. You can download it on your phone. Don't matter. That was another thing. The Lord said, don't. They said, well, now you can either make it for iPhone or you can make it for the Samsung, for the uh, Androids. But you got to pick one or the other. I said, why do we got to pick one or the other? He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, we can design you one that would work for every device. But that will cost you some money. I said, it costs my Savior his life at Calvary. So they made the app that would fit every phone, device, Palm Pilot, iPad, doesn't matter. Television, it doesn't matter. And I want you, just 30 seconds, take a look at this. We're in the end times. need to know what's going on around the world praise the Lord because a lot of the world is being blinded Satan has come to kill steal and destroy he comes like a thief but the Jesus said but I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly 
So we read in the Bible, we're going into 2 Kings for a minute. We're going to go into some Old Testament scriptures, but we're going to preach where the Lord leads us. I appreciate the pastor. Give us liberty to preach the word of God. Thank you, Sandy. Amen. And praise God. Let me just say right now, here's what it says in 2 Kings 22. The Bible says, I'll start reading at the top. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidiah, the daughter of Adadiah of Boskath. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And he walked in all the way of David, his father. He turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. And it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah that the king sent Saphan, the son of Azaliah. Oh, here we go. The son of, I'm going to bless his heart. The scribe to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, that he may sum the silver which is brought into the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the door have gathered of the people, and let them deliver it into the hand of the doers of the work. Come on, say doers. Hallelujah. And have the oversight of the house of the Lord, and let them give it to the doers of the work, which is the house of the Lord, to repent. Prayer, repair the breaches of the house. Can you say amen? amen? I remember Rod Parsley preaching the repairs of the breach. Uh, the, uh, the, to let, raise up a generation, a new generation of believers. But this was the first repair of the breach, Josiah. And the Bible tells us he gave the carpenters and everybody everything they needed. And the Bible says in verse 8, And Hilkiah the high priest said unto Saphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. Can you say Amen. So in other words, here's what had been going on. His grandfather Manasseh, as well as his father, had begun to worship idol gods, pagan gods. Israel had begun. They had the house that Solomon built. Praise the Lord. Where Bishop Brown was talking about how that when the Lord came into the temple that is trained. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. And it came to pass uh, uh, that this period of time, for 55 years, Manasseh started building on the high places pagan temples, pagan altars where they worship the God of Baal, where they worship the God of Dagon, where they worship the God of the moon, the sun, the planets, and they would sacrifice their own children on the altar of these pagan gods that they might be blessed financially. Folks, people have sold their families out for less than that today. We've come to a point where they were to come to a point where they were forsaking the house of the Lord. But the house of the Lord was still there because God had made an everlasting covenant. Can you say amen? And even though nobody was hardly attending, just a few folks dribbling in every now and then, praise God, the doors were still open, but the shingles were coming down, you know what I'm saying? Uh, everything was peeling, uh, it was needed polished, things had gotten dirty, and praise the Lord, uh, they came a period where this young king, only eight years old, when he turned about age 26, he looked at the house of the Lord in decay, and he said, what is is this about the house of the Lord? What is about this house that we don't do? You see, today as we've been dealing with the corona situation, the government told us that we weren't essential. 
They told us we weren't essential, Christians. They said the word of God is not necessary. But the strip clubs are. The liquor store's still open. They never shut down one casino. Come on, somebody. Did you know that now that, your, that some of the church's offering is no longer going into this plate, but is going into a slot machine where somebody's still trying to get blessed from the lies of the devil? Come on, somebody. I'd rather have 90 cents with God's blessing than a dollar with the devil. Can you say amen? Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. But they're trying to shut us out. They're trying to close our doors. They're trying to separate us, social distancing instead of embracing. They don't want us to lay hands on nobody. I saw it in the, in the elevator the other day. It said, be, be remember, don't shake hands. Uh, praise God. And I thought, no, it ought to say, remember, lay hands on them suddenly. We've come to a point where they're trying to block us. I'm not against the... the understand look I know the virus is real and people have gotten sick I'm not preaching that's not right but I'm saying there's they're trying to create a new normal they're trying to create a new standard and they don't want to include the word of God in the standard see they took it out of they took prayer out of school in 1963 that wasn't good enough they had to slaughter the innocent by 73 they had to recondition the minds of our children since 83. And then they have uh, they've forsaken the fountain of living water and they've hewn themselves out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. People are trusting in everything but the truth. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. You know, in December, I suffered a stroke on the air doing a live broadcast. It hit me out of nowhere. I lost my speech, went slurring, and my mind went incoherent. I didn't know where I was at, really. I knew it was in front of the camera, and I knew I was supposed to be doing something, but I was confused. Heidi heard me. She was upstairs, and she listens while she was up there working and in the kitchen making me something to eat and uh, she came down and she slid me off the air and said good night y'all and she shut it down my blood pressure went sky high and uh, and so thank God it was just mild but in that year of course I've had memory loss and my uh, ability to walk has been difficult and uh Memorizing, uh, remembering things has been, I've been, and I can't really drive now. I'm confused if I drive. So the devil's been fighting me. And so my thing is, is I don't ask you to feel sorry for me because there's people in a whole lot worse shape. But can I tell you something? There's a song that Cody Johnson sings that I can't even walk without you holding my hand. And the Lord came to me and said, I said, Lord, I can't do anything unless you help me do it. He said, that was the case the whole time. You've been leaning to your own understanding. But he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. And then in all your ways, you can acknowledge the Lord and he will direct your path. 
He said, I'm... He told me he wouldn't leave me, wouldn't forsake me. And I said, Lord, I believe I've seen too many people saved and healed and delivered and filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm too young. And so I need you, Lord, to touch me and to bless me. So I'm asking you folks to pray for me because God's got a healing for me. Yes, he does. Hallelujah. Yes, he does. And I'm just going to wait on the Lord. And I know that my Redeemer liveth. (laughs) Hey, Job said, though the skin worm should devour this body of mine, yet in my flesh I'm going to see the Lord. I'm going to rise in His likeness, and then I'll be satisfied. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I feel like shouting. Hallelujah. Hey, it's time to go to the high places. It's time to go to high places. It's time to reach up higher. It's time to climb the mountain. I pray every day God moved the mountain, and I love to see it when he moves it. But sometimes he says this one's going to stay here. You're just going to have to climb a little higher. I'm telling you, God's able. Paul said, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed against that day. I've got my feet on a solid rock. My head's in the air, and I'm praying to Jesus to bless Bless this church today. I said, God, send a river of fire. Send a liquid fire of God. May the Holy Ghost come upon this place and shake it, 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 it, Lord, in Jesus' name. (laughs) Yay. Yeah. Hey. Well, Helikiah, the high priest, said, I found the book of the law in the Lord, in the house of the Lord. And Helikiah gave me the book. And the king said, read it to me. And Saphan, the scribe, showed the king, saying, Helikiah, the priest, delivered me a book. In verse 10, and Saphan read it before the king. And it came to pass, when the king heard the words of the book of the law, that he rent his clothes. He knew the shape that Israel was in. He knew how they had walked away from God. He knew that they had been worshiping idol gods. And the Bible says that the blood in Jerusalem flowed from one side to the other with the blood of the innocent. Heidi and I was in Israel a a couple times ago, whenever it was, and we walked through the valley of Kidron. Which, which if you stand on the Mount of Olives, let's say if this is the Mount of Olives and you folks are on the Temple Mount, the, the, the Valley of Kidron, or the, also known as the Valley of Jehoshaphat, flows in between. And if you go to the southern part of it and turn right, you'll go into a place called the Field of Blood, where, where uh, 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 Judas took his own life. And if you keep walking through the Field of Blood, you'll come into what's called the Valley of Hinnon. And it's in the Valley of Hinnon that they would sacrifice Jewish children to the the God of Molech and to the God of Baal. And they would pour their blood in this valley. It's also known as the Valley of Blood. And we went and walked through this place. And as Heidi and I were walking through it, I felt an evil. I felt a pain. I felt the blood of the innocent crying from the ground. There was a sheep herder on the side 
He was taking a herd of sheep. They wouldn't come to the valley. I talked to one of the other uh, rabbis there. He said, no sheep or goat will even go into the valley of Hinnon. They won't even eat. They know there's something bad, something wicked, something took place there that was an abomination to God. And they won't even go. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. But I'm glad to tell you something. Just if you looked a little further to the south of Mount of Olives, there's a mountain there called the Mount of Corruption and the Mount of Evil Counsel. They're right over to the south. And sitting on top of the mountain is the United Nation building. Can somebody say amen? Did you realize the UN, when, they, when, the, when Israel became a nation in 48... The United Nations said we've got to set up a headquarter to manage the, uh, the wall that was built. And they set it on the mountain of evil counsel. They set it on the hill of corruption so that they could monitor the children of God. But praise the Lord. They, how did they know to set it there? Because the Bible says that the house of Dagon, the house of Baal, the house of Molech, and all the other idols... We're sitting on the same hill. Do you think it's an accident that they built that there? But you guess what? <laughs> There's another little hill just not too far from there. A place called Golgotha. A place that they forgot about. A place that where they used to take the those that were guilty or not guilty in some cases, and the Romans would crucify upon that mountain, the place of the skull. But I'm so glad that when Jesus, when they laid him upon the wood, he, they said they were going to take his life. He said, you don't have the power to take my life. I'm going to freely lay it down, and I'm going to freely pick it up. Can you say amen? And the Bible says, I think it was Clint Brown preaching, said, if the Son of God be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. As Moses lifted the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of God be lifted up. Man, I'll tell you what, I'd like to take a running spell about right now because I can feel the devil trembling. <laughs> I love that song you were singing about the fire. Make this the house of prayer. Hey, I said to Heidi, oh my, that's going right along with the sermon. Hallelujah. Let the fire fall. Let the Holy Ghost hit. We need another old time Azuzu Street revival. We need another Holy Ghost revival, preachers. We need another outpouring of the Holy Ghost, pastor. We need something mighty from God that only God can give. Can you say amen? Send down the fire, Lord. Hilkiah said, what about the house of the Lord? Repair it. And they did. And we go over into the next chapter, 2 Kings 23. And the Bible says, the Lord, all the vessels that were made for Baal and for the grove and for all the host of heaven and burned them without Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron and carried the ashes of them unto Bethel. So Josiah said, tear down those idol altars, those houses of evil. Stop killing the children. Come on, somebody. I'm going to tell you why they fear Amy Coney Barrett. 
They don't know what to do with this woman of God. For such a time as this, Feinstein's lip went 16 different directions when she couldn't stand firm on her abortion rights. I got news for you. There's been some Christians around this nation and the world who've been praying for a restoring of the breach. She sat up there and as they've they had all their senators and each one of them had 15 staff members of lawyers and they copied everything down and wrote everything this woman would just walk in after taking care of seven kids come on somebody but she had lived she had hid the law in her heart <laughs> and they started quoting cases and she'd correct them and say no that wasn't that one that wasn't 78 that was 76 and let me tell you what the outcome was and who the descendants were and who the ones were for it. And when they got done with her, when they asked her to let, her, let them see her notes, she held up a blank piece of paper that they gave them. This woman didn't even bring in her own pad. When that, I'm telling you right now, she will be confirmed, but not by a 90 or 95% vote. Because this nation, what's on the line is the same thing that was on the line when Elijah went to Mount Carmel. Hey, I'm so glad there was a prophet of God who said to the Lord, don't let it rain again until they repent of their sin and come out of this idolatrous worship. And he prayed, stop the rain. Now, we've been praying for revival across America and here in Birmingham, I'm sure. And we've said, God, whatever it takes, bring revival again. We're praying the prayer of Elijah, and we didn't even know it. We've asked God to do whatever he's got to do to get our children saved. How many people have prayed like that? You know that's true. Whatever it takes, Lord. Now, God can get people's attention. Are you serious? He can get your attention. I'll tell you a little something. Back in 1988, I just got done preaching a sermon on Sunday morning. It was 4 o'clock in the morning. Pastor, I'm on my way to, to work making bathtubs in a, in a factory, making $5 an hour. And uh, the other fellow picked me up that morning. It was his turn to drive. Heidi had got on my case. This was back when seatbelts just came in, and I was trying not to wear them. She said, you better put that seatbelt on. You hear me? When Heidi says that, I remember that pit dog, she, that pit bull dog she ran off, so I said, I'm going to put my seatbelt on. Amen. But that morning, we were running late. The young man driving about 75 mile an hour hit a patch of snow that had blown across the road, spun out of control, and that little Ford Escort rolled seven times before landing upside down in a 20-foot ditch and we went underwater. Now, one of the things I had said all my life was, I'm not afraid of nothing, but I am afraid of water. I hope I'm never in water because I can't swim. And I would say that a lot. You know, the Bible tells you, Job said, that thing I greatly fear has come upon me. I, figured, I found that out real fast. 
So here I find myself upside down in a seatbelt that I can't get to unsnap, 20 foot below the surface, and I saw my entire life flash before me within a second or two. I see my wife and my sons, and I said, Lord, who's going to provide for them? Who's going to take care of them? And then the next thing that came out of my mouth was, save me, Jesus. And when I said Jesus, I said it like the African-American Pentecostals say it, save me, Jesus. Because something happened right then. The buckle cleaned. I turned around, got to the floorboard where there was about that much air. I got a gulp of it. And then I said, I got to get out of here. And the window had been knocked out with my own head. I didn't know it. But I got a hard head, but that's okay. And then I went ahead and swam out all the way up to the top. I can't swim, folks. But when you say, help me, Jesus, you can swim. But wait, there's more. What about the guy down there? I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He said, good. Go back down and get your buddy. This is the test of faith now. Because it's good to get delivered. But man, to go back down into the cave of the lion is a little difficult. But I took a deep breath and dove straight down into the black, muddy water of Indiana. And I came to the, and I, my hand hit the window where I broke it out somehow. I retched in and I got a hold of the hand of this young man. And I pulled him through the window and we went straight up to the water. And he, and he got a gulp of air and praise God, God brought us out of that day. The devil tried to kill me, but he missed had a heart attack a year later, almost died, but he missed again. After that, I said, praise God, I'm sick and tired of this. God put a hedge around me. I began to pray those prayers of protection, Psalms 91. I said, oh, praise the Lord. Hide me, Lord, in the shelter of your wings, in the cleft of the rock. Let me find you. David said, I go to the rock that's higher than I. I look to the hill from whence cometh my help, for my help cometh from the Lord. Woo! Praise the Lord. Daniel would open the window three times a day, and he would pray toward Jerusalem. And praise God, they said we can't find anything wrong with this man except with his God. Right now, when the uh, shutdown came for the churches, did you know, I, I went back and studied, how many times did Mecca ever was closed? Only four times in history. Two of them from war, two from plagues. How many times had the Vatican been closed? Several, mostly from internal fighting. Can somebody say amen? Seems to always work on the church, doesn't it? And then I studied the, the, the Temple Mount, and of course it's had its difficulties, and it's not been. They haven't been able to pray there since 70 A.D. But when's the last time that governments shut down those three sites of the three religions of the apocalypse in the same day that has never happened in history until 2020? In other words, something beyond our comprehension is about to happen. And I've got news for the devil. He might be trying to raise up his antichrist. He better work hard at it. He better get every demon he can conjure up because I'm looking for the king. Come on, somebody. 
I'm looking for the King of Kings. I'm looking for the Lord of Lords. Alpha and Omega. The beginning, the end. The first and the last. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's coming back in the clouds of glory. He's coming back. Every eye shall behold him. Every knee's going to bow. Every tongue's going to confess. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Woo, preacher, I can feel the fire of God up here. I told Heidi, look out, look out, look out. You better get ready, 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 get ready. The king is coming. But before he gets here, I still believe, Joel, too, that he said in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. The old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. And upon thy servants and handmaids, I will pour out my spirit, thus saith the Lord. And you will see signs in the heavens, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. And the sun will be darkened and the moon will turn to blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord shall come. But he said, but in that day there shall come a word out of Jerusalem that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. So let's go up here for a minute. Can we? How much time I got, Pastor? I'm, I'm confused. All the time I need. You know, I noticed something about Sandy Ragland. Last conference we was here, Rob Parsley was in the house. Come on, somebody. And so, you know, we want to get up there in the pastor's room and have a snack or two and talk to the man of God. Because I'd never met him. Watched him my whole life. Never, I've been to his services and camp meeting services and heard him preach. But I wanted to shake his hand, hug his neck. But it was crowded. I mean, everybody was called to preach that night. That pastor's room couldn't get in. I felt like the man in the, in the bed that had to tear the roof off. We can't get in there. Sandy said, she came back. She said, now, you all just hang on a minute. We're working on it. And then she said, wait a minute. Well, whose name is on that sign out there? I said, Raglan. She said, then, come on, we're going in. <laughs> so I found out something. It works. Praise God. That's what they've been doing to me, Pastor, forever with Heidi. I'll say, she'll say, here's what you're going to do. I said, no, wait a minute. I'm not going to. I've already told them. Well, since you told them, I guess I'll do it. So here's the deal. Praise the Lord. My mama used to, every time anybody was sick, when little Johnny had a runny nose, she would call, she would send me to go pray for him. It was every night I was praying for somebody here and somebody there, which I don't mind to pray for people, but you know what I'm saying? You can't do that day and night, work a full-time job, have a wife and kids. Mama was setting my schedule. You know why? Because Daddy was tired of following it. Come on, somebody. He'd been preaching 40 years. He's like, call, call Paul, call Paul, call Paul. They want to do a wedding, call Paul. I finally told Heidi, I said, you know what? I'm going to have to move away from here. I have to be like the Beverly Hillbillies. I'm going to have to get away from here. I moved 90 miles so mama can't call me every night. Tell me where to go. Guess what she does? I told her, I said, mama, if someone calls your house trying to get my personal phone number, now that we're on television and everything, I said, don't ever give the personal number out. Call me. Tell me what the problem is. Give me their number. I'll call them. But my mama takes in every stray dog and cat. Come on, somebody. You ever have a mama like that? 
Lord, look at that skinny, scrawny thing. Get it some food. You know if you feed a dog, what? It ain't going away. Daddy come home and say, what's this thing? I said, Mama fed it. Praise the Lord. We had a dog called Bruce. Bruce was a chicken. He was scared of everything. He's scared of his shadow. And every time it would storm, he'd run in the house because Mama said the dog can't get in the house. He'd run in the house and hide under Mom and Dad's bed every time. And he knew when a storm was coming because the sun could be shining, but he knew the storm was coming, so somebody opened the door and in he'd go. Bruce under the bed, I'd say something bad's about to happen. Uh, it, so what happens in uh, our lives sometimes is we miss what's right in front of us. Sometimes, you ever notice the animals know more about what's going on than we do. You, if you don't believe me, ask Noah because he'd spent 100 years building an ark and the only ones got in was the animals. And they didn't argue with God. We have a tendency to want to do it our way. And what happened to Israel under King Ahab and Jezebel was they began to build altars unto Baal and Moloch again. They began to build the high places again. They began to offer and sacrifice the children again. And they began to walk in spiritual idolatry to the point that Elijah said, Lord, stop the rain. Don't let it rain again till Israel repents. And for the next three and a half years, it never rained a drop. And famine came. And they couldn't get crops to grow. And Jezebel put a mark on Elijah. He was the one she wanted killed. She put a bounty on his head. But they couldn't outrun the man of God. Hallelujah. He hid in caves and round brooks. Even Obadiah, who was one of the prophets of Ahab, a man of God, would go and hide 50 prophets in one cave and 50 in the other. The underground church started a long time ago. They had to hide, but you still couldn't stop their faith. They may have told us to stay away from the house of God, but you can't stop the children of God. Matter of fact, there's some folks that have been praying since this hit. You're going to see, oh my, can I prophesy? Hey, hey, hey. You're going to see, and it won't be long. It will not. God's going to do a quick work. Say quick work. He's going to do a quick work. There's a day coming very soon when this sanctuary will be filled and the top filled and people standing looking through the doors because there's a revival coming to Birmingham. Hey! Whoa, praise God. They're going to come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. They're going to know that the that people can be healed here, that people can be saved here, that people's lives can change here, where people can feel the power and get the victory in their life. I'm feeling better right now. I'm feeling I'm just going to walk into my healing. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to quote every scripture I can think of. Tell the devil, you can't steal my mind. For the Lord's given me a sound mind. For I got the mind of Christ. For I am now therefore not conformed to this world, but I've been transformed by the renewing of my mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn around and give somebody a high five and say, let's get started with this thing. Are you serious? You remember when 5,000 blackbirds fell out of the sky in B.B. Arkansas? 
So, you know, I said, God, what's up with that? The next day, two, two million fish died in the Chesapeake Bay. I said, God, what is up with that? He said, go to church Sunday, your daddy's church. Stand up, prophesy. Soon cattle are going to start dying. And you prophesy it. You read Hosea 4, verses 1 through 3, and you tell the church that day that soon the birds, the fish, the cattle, the animals of the field are going to die, and they're not going to stop till Jesus comes. So I went ahead and prophesied it and then did a video, dead birds, dead fish, dead cows. I put it up. Nobody cared about my channel. You have to understand. I would do a video, and I'd get 10 views, and three of them were mine. Just checking them. Just checking. Nobody cared. When God said it started, I said, Lord, I don't want to do this. There was no preachers on YouTube. I, I didn't even know what YouTube was. I asked my granddaughter. She said, oh, that, yeah, that's cool. YouTube's cool. I said, okay. So when I found out what YouTube was, I said, well, there's people jumping off buildings and riding bikes on rails, and, and there was all kinds of wild stuff. And I said, well, God, what do you want me to do here? He said, I want you to start preaching every day right here. I want you to tell people what's going on in the world and what the Bible says. Look into the camera, pretend there's a thousand people daily and tell them what the Bible says and what's happening and then give them an altar call and start bringing them in to the kingdom. That's what he told me. He did tell me to get a cup of coffee though. Thank God for that. So now you can get, I got five brands. If you go to my website, you can get around www.prophecy.com. The hazelnuts hide his favorite. So anyway, uh, I started doing what God said, but when I did the dead birds, dead fish, dead cows, 212 cows died that day in Stockton, Wisconsin. Fell over dead at a dairy farm for no reason. I went to bed that night, and a man on Time, a, a writer at Time Magazine saw my YouTube video and seen these other uh, stories printed and put two and two together and wrote an article at Time Magazine said some preacher in the cornfields of Indiana, says that the dead birds, the dead fish, and the dead cows is a sign of the apocalypse. And he put it on time on their website, on BuzzFeed. Can you say BuzzFeed? I woke up the next morning, got my cup of coffee, had not turned my computer on, and my phone was ringing. It was CNN. I said, CNN? How'd you get my number? And the guy said, we're CNN. The Communist News Network. I mean, sorry. So I did uh, strike that. You guys got post-editing? Okay, thank you. So anyway, uh, uh, and so he wanted to interview me. They want to put me on television. They want to interview me. They got some meteorologist from Washington State and some psychologist from Syracuse University and some preacher from the cornfields of Indiana. They want to debate while the dead birds, dead fish, and dead cows are dying. So I did the interview, and when they got done, the guy interviewed me, said, you know what, I don't know if I believe you or you, but I, that preacher makes more sense than any of it. You know why? Because here's, here's what the Bible said, because there's no truth, there's no mercy, there's no knowledge of God in the land because of the uh, killing and stealing and swearing and committing adultery. He said blood breaks out, blood touches blood, and the land is going to languish, it's going to mourn with the beast of the field, with the fowls of heaven, and the fishes of the sea shall be taken away. So God, and guess what? I turned on my 
YouTube channel, and I had 60-some thousand views in one night. And, all, and from that day forward, I understood what God was doing. He was saying first to me for six months, you just do this. Nobody cares. But he would say to me every day, you do this. I, I, at that time, I was, uh, had just finished working in a secular job for 25 years. And so I thought I was just going to go on the road and preach revivals, you know. And I called every pastor I knew, every church I'd ever held a revival in. And either they had somebody preaching or somebody just left or they didn't like me anymore or whatever it was. I couldn't get in one door. I turned back to God and he said, I told you what to do. Do that every day. And you, st I'll, you cannot stop till I tell you to. And folks, it's been almost 11 years and we ain't stopped yet. And so what I'm finding out, what God is doing is he's looking for a Claritin call from the body of Christ. He's looking for us to go out and tell the world that they need Jesus. He wants us to bring them in. And I believe this is a house of refuge. I believe that Solid Rock Church, I know it, I know it, I know it in my spirit. Because when you come into this house, the friendship, the friendliness, the anointing, that's so strong, breaks the yoke. And so Elijah went down there. It had not rained for three and a half years. And they, everything got dry and King Ahab was frustrated and the, 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 the cattle was about to die. And he said to Obadiah, he said, I want you to go this way and I'll go this way. And maybe we can find some food to at least keep the cattle alive. And praise God. But God had already spoke to Elijah. And he told Elijah, he said, today you're going to show yourself to the, to the king. And you're going to tell the king that the, that the Lord is coming. In other words, that revival is coming. And so as he walked, Elijah walked, he ran into King Ahab. And King Ahab said, are you the one that troubles Israel? Here he comes, the one that troubles Israel. And Elijah said, oh, not me, but you, O king. But the Lord's going to deliver the people today. Today, he didn't mess around, today. I'm going to Mount Carmel. I'm going to the high places. You know, there's an old song we used to sing, higher ground. I'm trusting in that upward way. New sights I'm seeing every day. I'm headed toward this upper ground, folks. And I'm going to tell you something. That he knew the high places had to be taken back. That the devil has built these. Do you know we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. That's what Bishop Brown and, and Bishop Ragland were preaching Friday night. That we have to be good soldiers, endure hardness, be a good soldier. God will teach your hands to, to war and your fingers to fight in the book of Psalms. And put on the whole armor of God. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. Let me tell you something right now. There is spiritual wickedness that has set up shop in high places around America. The demons of hell are sitting in seats of authority, but they don't understand what's about to happen. You can push the body of Christ a little while, but there's a period of time where we quit being the lamb and we become the lion. We're coming out of the cave. We're coming out of the cave. We're coming out of the cave. Prophesy, we're coming out of the cave.
God's going to tear their kingdom down. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. And Elijah said, I'm going on top Mount Carmel. And he said to the 400 prophets, of, 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of the grove, he said, I'm going to have a contest. You're going to build your altar to your gods, and I'm going to build the altar, come on somebody, to the God. <laughs> and so they built their little altars, and the, he said to the people, how long halt you between two opinions? For if God be God, then serve him, but if Baal be God, then serve him. And the people answered not a word. And he set up the contest. I think it's time to set up the contest. <laughs> Why not do it right here at Solid Rock? I mean, are you talking about witches? Amen. My daddy told me one time, he said, hey, there's witches that's praying against our church. I said, really? You, who'd you hear? He goes, no, you know, nobody told me. God told me. He said, Paul, they're pulling in the parking lot and they're sitting out there and they're trying to hex us and vex us. And he said, so what I want you to do today, I said, what? He said, about the time we get to the offering, I want you just to slip out there and look and see what car it is. I said, Dad, are you serious? Are you serious? That's the first time I said, are you serious? <laughs> I went out there and the there was a woman in a car, and there was another car, and there was a woman in that car just sitting there. So I thought, well, maybe they just pulled in. You know, so you know what I'm saying? I'm feeling good about it. I'm trying everything I can. So I went over and knocked on the window. She wrote it down. I said, do you want God bless you. Hallelujah. Come on in the house of the Lord. She said, I ain't coming in. Well, I said, don't be scared. Come on. You guys say that in Alabama, right? Don't be scared. Come on in. We come, we would love to have you in the house of the Lord. She backed up and drove away. I went to the other, when I went to the other woman, she was already backing up and driving. I went back in. I said, "Well, there was two cars, two different women, and they both left." Oh, he said, "Well, that confirms it." Well, don't worry about that. He said, "Because when we get done talking to the Lord, God's going to break that spirit off of us." He's right. Now they will come and they will try and they will attempt. And that, they're not going to fight anybody that ain't got no power. They're looking to take away what God is already doing. They want to bring a spirit of confusion. They want to bring the spirit of rebellion. They want to break down what God has built up. They want to tear down his altar and tear down his anointing. And, find, and the, oh, by the way, the devil's the accuser of the brethren. Can you say amen? Pastor Raglan, there's no doubt. There's at least 200 videos out there right now that talk about me like a dog. And I haven't met any of them but one guy. The others, I've never met them in my life. They tell everything under the sun. They said I'm this and I'm, they say I'm that and they say he's this. They said I was born in Kiev, Russia. And Kiev is actually in Ukraine. They've, they've, it's unbelievable. And they do it and I wondered why. And I, first of all, I used to get mad about it. And then the Lord said, don't get mad at them. Get mad at the devil. Start binding that spirit in the name of Jesus. Tell their mouths to be stopped and start preaching and stay preaching. We got to stay focused, folks. We're, we're going to high places. When you get ready to go to high place, listen, here's what God showed me last year at Elevate Conference. We came here just to rest and enjoy. You know what I'm saying? It felt so good that somebody actually invited us to come and just sit there and relax. It did. It felt great. I feasted, as Perry would say, on manna from heaven. And then, uh, but when I got there, the first night I laid down at the hotel to sleep, 
I had a dream and I seen a rocket ship sitting right here in front of this, right here, right there. Big rocket ship went right through the ceiling. It was a big rocket ship and uh, they were getting a countdown. And then I noticed you guys do this countdown thing till service time. There was a countdown. And then all of a sudden, uh, there was all this stuff around the rocket. And there was a, ladders and gadgets and hoses and stuff everywhere. But when in the rock, and they were there to hold the rocket up. Come on, somebody. But when the fire ignited, when, 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 the, when, the, when the fire ignited, come on, somebody. When, when, when God ignites the fire and the rocket doesn't need to be propped up anymore. Come on. And all of a sudden, the rocket started to rise and everything around it was blown away. God, and I saw the rocket going up and the Lord said, that's what I'm going to do with the body of Christ. I'm going to ignite it again. And as it rises, everything around you is going to be blown away. Listen, when you go to higher levels, some folks you hang with can't go with you. Can you say amen? They can't go with you. Some of your best friends, when you get real serious with God and start to grow with God, they don't want to grow with you. Come on. Have I said the truth? And whenever you start growing, you may have to, a few things may get blown away. Now you love them, but you got, you got to choose. You're going to serve God or man. Some folks can't go with you. Some can. But, the, but I'm telling you, as you elevate, God begins to celebrate something inside you. As the pastor wrote, God sees something great in you. And he told me, he said, I'm going to do a mighty work. Mighty work. And it's going to be powerful when I ignite the church. And so Elijah went on top of Mount Carmel and they built their, their altar and he built his. He took the 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel. He laid the wood on the altar like they laid the cross down for the Savior. They sacrificed the bullock on and the blood run down on the wood and down the sides of the stone. And remember, folks, this, and then he said, build a trench around this thing. And then he told them, he said, go get four barrels of water. And think about it. Now, we're in a famine. Folk, folks, it ain't rained in three and a half years. The last thing you're going to do is throw away water. Thank you. But, uh, but see, this guy wasn't throwing it away. He was sacrificing it. He was offering it to God who opened or can shut the heavens. Someone said, well, I don't know if I could give into the church. I'm not sure. what Does God want me to? God, you don't have to ask God if you can give to the church. He already told you to. He just wondered if you're going to obey. He said, well, what's wrong with you? I'm not going to preach on that. That's, that's, your, that's your job. But I'm just saying. If you give, it shall be given unto you. He didn't say it might be, it could be. I hope I get around to you. He said it shall be. You offer a sacrifice of praise and you'll feel an anointing of God. The Bible says the Lord inhabits the praise of his people. Man, I'll tell you what, we got to cast off that spirit of heaviness and put on the garment of praise. Somebody shout right now. I got yeah, shout right now. Shout back there. I see you back there. Just shout it out. Shout it out back there. Hallelujah. Hey. 
Oh my, 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 my. So Elijah said, you guys pray to your God, Baal. And they prayed and they jumped and they cut themselves on the altar till about noon. And Elijah said, is that the best you got? Did you just hit him with your best shot right there? Is that it? Your, maybe your God's sleeping or he's in the line in Disney World with Clint Brown. Where's your God? And when they got done, he said, look, we've had enough. You wore us out. We're tired of it. Aren't you tired of stale religion? Aren't you tired of that three points in a poem? At some point, you want some manna. You want the word. That's why you're here at Solid Rock Church. Because you got a pastor. I'm going to tell you something. Man, I tell you what. You, if me and you were 20 years younger, we would tear them up. They wouldn't have it. I used to preach, folks. I'd jump off a stage like this. I'm going to tell you something. What happened to me. I'd run down the aisle. You can ask Heidi. I'd run, run, jump. One day I was preaching in my home church. We started with 11 people. We only had 1,500 people in town. The church grew to 350. And, the other, and some of the other folks hated us. I'm talking church people. Because we weren't doing everything exactly the same way. We was letting the Holy Ghost have his way. I told Heidi, I said, this reminds me so much of that when we were here. And praise God. I said, I just love it here. You're free here. And power of God's here. I was preaching in a big way. You know how you get. You get in the Holy Ghost, folks. You think you're 16 years old. And I come running down the aisle and had a big stage like this. I jumped the stage. And then they had a baptistry about right there. Had a glass. It was four foot tall with a foot and a half uh, plexiglass, five and a half feet, so that people could see people be baptized in the water. Well, I was so crazy in the Holy Ghost. Can you say crazy in the Holy Ghost? I mean, God was in control, but, man, I was out of control. Can you say amen? I come preaching. I had been preaching about an hour, sweat of flying. I ran, I jumped, I ran, and I seen that thing, and the devil said, don't you do it. And I hit and jumped and cleared five and a half feet in my wingtips. Come on, somebody. If I had just another wing... A feather or two I'd have been flying on I'll fly away and I landed in the middle of that baptistry suit and tie wingtips and all and I turned and kept preaching and I said some of you are sitting in your sin and you ought to come out of the pew and get right with God and get baptized and seven people came instantly they ran to the altar baptized them that night a revival broke loose in there 40 people in one family got saved over a six-month period in a little town. And they were hard sinners. Heidi, am I right? Man, I don't want to talk about them. They might be watching this right now. But, man, they're bad. They had guns. I know some of you folks got guns. But, I mean, they had guys with guns that didn't like me. I think most of you guys like me, right? Okay. So, anyway, anyway, so anyway I'm, I'm, in, I'm standing up here preaching. He, they, the, the church is on fire. The people are going home every day saying, oh, we love the Lord. We love that little church. Oh, yeah, Paul Begley this. And blah, blah, blah. Finally, the old man who was not saved, the only one in the whole family that wasn't saved, he said, I'm sick and tired of hearing about that church, that preacher. I'm tired of hearing about them. I'm telling you, if you folks go down there next Sunday, I'm going to come down at 12 noon and shoot him right out of the pulpit. Uh, would, would you call the pastor and let, at least give me a heads up on that? Nobody called me. 
Church is packed. We're doing praise and worship. Everything's going great. All of a sudden, I get up in the pulpit and get started. All of a sudden, back door opens, and here he comes with a cowboy hat on. Here he came. Six guns slinging. I didn't see the guy. He had a head, you know. So he came down the aisle. He was coming to shoot me, but I was so happy to see him that I ran down the aisle and hugged him. I did. I just hugged him. I said, I'm so glad I've been praying for you. I'm so glad you're here. I hugged him, and he, he, he stood there for a minute. Every one of his family knew what he was going to do, but he didn't get to do what he wanted to do because he had to do what God wanted to do. And he sat down in that pew, and we preached, and tears flowed down his cheeks. He didn't get saved that day, but about three weeks later in another service, he gave his life to Christ. I'm going to tell you something. Don't run from the battle. Let's go ahead and take the high ground. Let's take the high ground. Let's take the high ground. Let's tear down the kingdom of darkness. Take the high ground. Woo! Praise God. Praise His name. Praise His holy name. Oh, hallelujah. Elijah said, hey, Elijah said, that's enough. We can't stand it. Get me four more barrels of water. They poured it on the altar. That's eight barrels, sister. Eight barrels. He said, that's not enough. Give me four more. I got to have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I got to have it all. I got the 12 stones of the 12 tribes of Israel. I got the cross of Calvary. I got the blood of the, of the Messiah. I've got the water. The, and now all I need is to ignite. All I need now is the fire. You see, if you're ever going to get rain, you got to have fire first. If you're ever going to, if God, to, oh my hallelujah, before God can open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, you got to get something fired up down here. Can you say amen? God's waiting to bless you beyond measure. He's waiting to heal you of cancer. He wants to turn your financial situation around. I don't care if it's COVID. I don't care if the stock market's down and the Mississippi's running dry. A, a country boy can still survive if he's got the Lord. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Was that a, was that a song? You know, I was on. A, they, they invited me on a show the other day. They went a one-hour interview. It was a, a, a radio station out in New York City of the Beatles. The Beatles. How does Paul Begley and the Beatles work? I said yes, because I already made the Lord a promise that if anybody ever invites me on the air, no matter what it is, I'll go. So now I'm going to the Beatles. Okay. So these guys are old timers, and they're talking about the Beatles. So I said, Lord, before I go on here, I need to know a little, a little bit something about the Beatles. And the Lord, uh, I did a Google search, thank God, and I found that John Lennon had written seven gospel songs that were never published. And that that Yona Ono, Ono Yona, had, had, Yoko, thank you. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I got Paul Begleyism. PBT, Paul Begley Technology. And so she wouldn't let him publish it. But she was out of town and he took his son. And he had already written a letter to Oral Roberts. As a matter of fact, they confirm it at ORU. They have the letter. John Lennon, letter to Oral Roberts. How do you get saved? Are you serious? Oral Roberts re replies back in a handwritten letter. 
the plan of salvation and how to accept Christ. And so that next Sunday, John Lennon, disguised with his son, walked into the, one of the St. Patrick's Cathedral, I don't know, one of the larger cathedrals in New York City, and he walked in there and sat down. He thought he was disguised, but everybody there knew who he was. So did God. And the service went on, and there was no big altar, there was no altar call thing, but he, the bottom line is this. He walked down the aisle at the end, knelt at the altar, and prayed the prayer that Oral Roberts told him to pray and gave his life to Jesus Christ with his son. And it wasn't long after that that he was assassinated. And so the, the seven songs he wrote, which are gospel songs, have still not been published. She has still been holding them back. And these guys didn't know that, but I'd found that out, so I, I shared that on the air. Well, that just opened a big door. Maybe a big flood floodgate that's open. And we were able to start, talk about Jesus. And yeah, yeah, we, we talked about the yellow submarine. I got into that a little bit. And, you know, but at the end of the day, they gave me a platform on one of the largest FM stations there in New York City to talk about the Beatles and Jesus Christ. And it's okay. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. And so Elijah says, four more barrels, and they got it all on there. And all of a sudden, he said, that's enough. You guys be quiet. Shut up. Praise the Lord. And he looked into heaven. He said, we're going to pray. Say, we're going to pray. <laughs> I mean, the stage is set. I can feel the rumbling. You can, you can, you can feel the anticipation. Anticipation. Is that one of their songs? And so as he begins to pray, God, show them that you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And answer this prayer with fire. And the Bible said that heaven opened up and a flaming fire came down right on the altar. And it consumed the sacrifice. It, it burned all the wood. It, it, it literally consumed it. It was like an inferno. It, it literally, the, every bit of the stone, and it licked up all the water in the trench. And when he turned to the people, they let out a shout that was unbelievable. And they knew that they knew that they knew that they had forsaken the house of God they had broken down God's altars and had built their own altars to a God that cannot answer, a God that cannot see. They pray to the moon God and pray to the sun God and pray to the planets, pray to Dagon, all of the different pagan gods of the Canaanites, the Moabites. Every one of these gods were worthless, although the, because the people were in one mind, one accord with them, it, it's, that's that spirit of witchcraft. That rebellion brought that spirit of witchcraft. Because the people were in rebellion, it brought an anointing of the darkness. But when that got broken, then they had, the devil then has no power. It's at that moment their eyes were open, and then, of course, you know the rest of the story, how they chased the prophets down the hill and, and, and killed them, stoned them, and burned their bodies. Meanwhile, Josiah uh, later would, would come, and he would take down every pagan altar around the high places, and he would crush them and grind them to power and dig up every grave of every false prophet and grind them to powder and go down to the brook called Kidron where Heidi and I were walking and poured their ashes into the brook. This man 
man, Josiah, the Bible said was the greatest king. No one was ever be. He did more for Israel before or after because he restored the house of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you what's getting ready to happen. God's about ready to raise up some Josiahs. You're, you're getting ready to see it. Pastor Larry, you'll be one of them already because they're going to, the doors are going to open. The people are going to return because they've been lied to and it's starting to already show. They're tired of the lies. They've watched the media lie. They've watched the Congress lie. They've watched the liars and they're going to come to the house of the Lord for the answer. Can you say amen? Give somebody a high five and say praise the Lord. He's going to answer by fire. He's going to answer by fire. He's going to answer by fire. The Bible said the Lord's going to shake everything up. Everything's going to shake except that thing that can't be shaken. I'm here to tell you the heavens are shaking. The de- <laughs> Woo, the earth is quaking. The devil's back is breaking. My mind might be aching, but praise be under God. Folks, we're not faking. Jesus Christ is coming back. He's coming back. He's coming after a glorious church one without spot or blemish or wrinkle or any such thing. He's coming back after the redeemed of God. He's coming back after the saints of God. He's coming back after the church, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Hallelujah. Let's get him a song. Get him a song, Pastor. Get him a song. Hallelujah. Just for a second, but he's going to do it. <laughs> you know, somebody here's hurting. Somebody's here's hurting because you know what's right, but you've been trying to fix your life. Instead of getting better, it's getting worse. You've tried everything. Your friends have forsaken you. Your family don't even want you back. You don't know if you can put your home back together or not. Whatever is the situation. And you're here today, and you're saying, God, if you be God, then show me. Show me. I'm going to tell you what God will do. He'll do more than just show you. He'll change you. He'll cleanse you. He'll forgive you, and his grace will be sufficient. And you can come to the altar of prayer and give your life to Christ today. And if anybody here is also sick and afflicted in some way and you want to be prayed for, I know you've got some brothers and sisters that will lay hands on people. I'm going to let you folks do that. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor Paul, I, I, I think I need to go to higher ground. Maybe you're a Christian and on fire for God. And the Lord's saying, go, just go a little higher. For if you draw nigh unto God, he'll draw nigh unto you. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. There may be those of you that are here today that want a fresh start, a clean slate, a new opportunity to take a step forward and climb a little higher because we're going to higher ground. If that's you today, if you're feeling that today, then I want you also to come. We're going to stand right now all over the building and let this be the moment for you. Thank you for your Attention, what a wonderful crowd here today. Praise God for you. And there's folks here that are hurting. Praise the Lord. People that need healing. People that want to seek a closer walk. Come on right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. 
If you're coming for salvation, I want you to lift your hand as you come down the aisle. Praise the Lord. Just lift your hand when you come down the aisle and say, I, I want to get saved. If you're doing that, come on, come on, praise the Lord. Come on, there's folks that are here right now. Just feel, obey God, obey God, obey God. Break out, break free, break loose, break out. The devil's a liar. Oh, hallelujah. He's got some great things for you in your life. He wants to bless you going in and going out. He wants to make you the head and not the tail. He wants to bless you. He wants to change you. He wants to open up windows of heaven for you. He wants to do something in your life that has never happened before. I feel like there's Christians here today who are so thirsty and are needing a drink of the anointing that are hungering and thirsting after righteousness. You shall be filled this morning. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Make a move. Still make a move. Make a move. God's got one more move for you. You make a move. You take one step. He'll take 12. Come on, somebody. When, When I gave my life to the Lord, I took one step, and Jesus took me the rest of the way. You can do it. Break out up in the balcony, out in the foyer, out in the parking lot, wherever you are. Break out. Break free. Break loose. Come to Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Let's pray. We're going to anoint these folks in prayer and lay hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I'm asking to be forgiven. I'm asking you, Lord, to set me free, to break those shekels and chains of sin. Give me. The devil's beat me up long enough. I want to be saved. Just repeat after me. Dear Lord. I need a Savior. Save me and set me free. I repent of my sins. And I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to follow Him. I want to serve you, Lord. Because I believe, I truly believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That He died on the cross and that he rose from the dead and that he's coming back soon and very soon and I want to be ready so right here, right now by faith, in God's grace in the name of the Father in the name of the Son in the name of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name I am saved I am saved I am saved Give the Lord some praise right now, everybody. Hallelujah. Now, we're going to pray a prayer for those of you that have been sick in the body and those of you who are hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And I'm going to say something now just so to give myself an opportunity. I'm going to let Pastor Raglan come, and he's going to lay hands and maybe any of the others, brother, that you want. But uh, we're going to do that because I feel like God wants to do a healing in your life. And not only a healing, but to fill you with the Holy Ghost. If you need more of God. How many are hungering for thirsting for Jesus? How many want us to walk in that light as he's in the light? And so, Lord, I thank you for these people. And to bless and to heal them in Jesus' name. And may, the, may that anointing that comes upon you, may that fire, when you leave here, have the fire of God in your life. Changed. 
feeling more excited about God because you have something the world didn't give you and the world can't take it away. Amen. And so we praise the Lord for that right now. Pastor, praise the Lord. Pastor, Pastor Paul, you're under such a mighty anointing. You're, you're so covered in the glory of God. Before I pray for anybody, I'm about to lay hands on you. Is that okay, Pastor? I, I ask your permission to do that. Okay. I believe God in this church right now that you have emptied yourself. You have declared your healing. I want this church to stretch your hands towards this mighty man of God. Right now. Father, right now. I was like, oh, shut my McKenna. Father, right now, I speak to the bones and the muscles and the nerve endings in his body, and I command them to operate correctly. Father, I believe your son Jesus not only died on the cross, Jesus, but you took stripes upon your back for Paul Begley's healing. Lord, he is a voice in this moment. He is a voice crying in the wilderness. Lord, the enemy tried to kill him, but he couldn't kill him. So now, God, I pray for complete healing. I pray for his, his leg, God. Father, I pray, God, as he walks. I pray as he preaches and talks. Lord, I pray for his mind. Lord, there's so much more years ahead of him to speak in this generation. Pastor Paul, I speak not only as a fellow pastor, as a friend. I speak that there is a divine connection between you and Heidi in this house. Even though you may be many states away, there is a pulling of us together. Today, there is an even greater connection of the Spirit between me and you and between our ministries. So I say publicly now and declare, you are family to us. So not only are we praying for you today, we are going to continue to pray for you. We are praying for strength in you and Heidi and your ministry, blessings upon your finances, blessings upon everything that God puts on your heart to do, and complete healing in the name of Jesus. Amen.